Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Joe Slowinski. Joe is a USBC Gold Certified Coach. He's also the Director of Bowling at Lincoln Memorial University. Joe, it's Tim Berg and Coach Casey of Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. It's great to be here. Joe, I was checking out the Lincoln Memorial University Athletics page, and one of the articles there in the bowling section was that the men's team is primed for a breakout 2018-2019 season. Explain why you think that is. Well, first and foremost, I think the guys who have been around, our veteran players now are juniors, so they're more experienced, and they're also symbolically leaders and understand the big picture of what we're trying to accomplish on a day-to-day basis. So I've got two guys from the who have been with us since the very, very beginning, Mason Yamada from Alaska and Brandon St. Ange from Florida. Uh, we also have a great group of young bowlers. Uh, Hunter Kempton last year was ninth in the country in average as a freshman, second team All-American. Uh, Jorge Rodriguez from Puerto Rico bowled in the world championship this summer. Uh, outstanding second in junior gold a few years ago. Hmm. So we've really got depth at the top, and also the guys that have been here over the last year or two are continuing to evolve and get better and better and better. So we have depth at the top and depth overall. Uh, This last weekend we bowled our first event. It was on a very challenging short pattern on an old beat-up wood surface, and we... We led Baker on Sunday after making some adjustments. So I'm really trying to push them and challenge them to be more reflective and to be higher thinking in, in how we approach lane play and strategies. And it's their dedication on a day-to-day basis is increasing significantly. And it's very exciting to see the potential of what we're capable of doing. Now, why don't you tell us, so you're at Lincoln Memorial University, Joe, and I, I think some of our listeners um, you know, may not be familiar with the school. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the school, where you're at, and a little bit of the history of the bowling program. We're located in Harrogate, Tennessee. Uh, normally I lead with, we're really adjacent to Cumberland Gap National Park, where many, many people uh, from around the country have visited. It's a beautiful mountainous area. We're literally five minutes from Virginia and five minutes from Kentucky. So uh, Middlesboro, Kentucky, that's the home of the $6 million man, Lee Majors. Uh, So we're really in that northeast upper corner of Tennessee. Uh, We started the bowling program in 2016. Last year, our women's team made it to the NCAA championship. Uh, We won the East Coast Conference championship and then won the play-in match for the opening round and we're one of the eight teams represented in the St. Louis area for the national championship. Uh, on the guy side last year, second season, we were in the top four at sectionals for 63 of 64 games. So we were the second or third for 63 of the 64 games. So, uh, And Hunter Kempton made it as an individual. Brandon St. Ange just missed by about 20 pins to make single sectionals. Uh, so... Even in our first season, we, we had three in the top 31 at the single sectional. 
we've we've had some success and we're continuing to evolve with with deeper talent. We're looking to build a national championship level program and continue the evolution that we've seen over the first two seasons. So Joe, how were you able to with you've worked with players all around the world at all different skill levels. How were you able to bring that down to the collegiate level and help your team out now and use your knowledge and all that skill that you have of working with a player, whether they're that beginner to that high-end bowler who maybe only has a few little tweaks to their game they're looking to change up? I think I was very fortunate when I came back from working in Malaysia, uh, starting at the Kegel Training Center, we started a program, Weber International University's bowling program. So I was with that program for almost four years and then I went uh, back abroad to work. But having that foundation of building a program from scratch, even though this is an NCAA program and USBC collegiate men program, I w- all of the administrative work, recruiting, scheduling, logistics, budgeting, all of those other skills that are very, very important in developing a program, I had those fortunately when I worked at, uh, with the Weber International program. I think what you do here is, uh, we use a lot of systems, sports science, mathematical-based alignment systems, and getting people to have the same kind of language and culture is what you do it for, for me as a collegiate coach is to try to get everybody on the same page. Much like a basketball team would have plays that they run together, having systems where you are looking in the same place, have the same dialogue and vocabulary is very, very important. People come in... At a very high level, we have bowlers that are very high level to intermediate. And I think, like many programs, we do drills on a daily basis, physical game drills, to keep fine-tuning things. We work on release variations. So you can learn a lot of high-level content without not necessarily being able to do it. And as you get better physically, those intermediate players become better and better and better. A good example is one of our players... Uh, who finished 1,232nd at junior goal before he arrived. After the first season, he finished 180th at junior goal. You see that level of evolution is a commitment to everything, from physical game development, emotional control and sports psychology, as well as lane play and release work and understanding your bowling ball. Bowling ball is better. So we try to really cover a lot of content while also – working on physical game uh, strengths and weaknesses. And as people go through the program, like many top programs, you become better and better and better because it's training. We also do eye tracking training, conditioning, strength training. Uh, It's one of those holistic approaches to the sport of bowling. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. uh, You're not just focusing on, on one area. You're focusing on all kinds of things. So what do you, what, what comes to your mind when you hear, I, I've heard this reference quite a bit in our sport where, you know, some people will say, and I've seen uh, in articles and other stuff where they say, well, bowling's 95% mental, or they say only thing that matters is ball reaction. Or some people say it's really just your physical game that matters. I don't care about your mental game. What, what do you, what kind of thoughts do you have when you go down that path a little bit, kind of hearing people say there's different parts of our game or, so much more important or certain parts are really irrelevant and there's different theories you know they vary so greatly there's certainly a lot of uh, different approaches and different theories uh, uh, I'll start with kind of the base philosophy how I approach things is 
I think energy transfer and direction are very, very important in bowling. So that includes things like proper alignment and targeting strategies paired with good physical execution. So when I hear people talk about 95% mental only, you're really cheating the whole approach. I think there's too much of a generic approach to bowling that says you can have your own way of doing things to, to an extreme. You, you don't see that in any other sport where people will diminish training for the sake of allowing somebody to just be who they are and not really approach things at a high level. When you treat it like a sport, then you're looking at having all the strategic advantages that you can. So that's how I look at it is bowling is a sport. And we're seeing this at the professional level more and more where people are being healthier. They're going to the gym. Uh, they're seeking advice from a sports psychologist. They're eating healthier. And the more that we go down that road that anybody who wants to make a living in bowling in a sport which it's difficult to do so needs to look at every strategic advantage they can. So when we pigeonhole the sport and value something over another without looking at all the aspects that you can have to become the best athlete you can become, I think it cheats our sport and diminishes the value in the eyes of our own bowling community as well as the general public. And, and what have you seen now? You've, you've coached around the world, um, so many different countries and so many different cultures. Um, have you seen certain uh, cultures or parts of the world that you think really embrace this, uh, you know, like a more athletic approach? How do you see the difference in the United States versus some of the different parts of the countries? What do you think are similar and what, what do you think maybe are some of the differences? Well, I think the, the similarities would be, for example, uh, certainly NCAA bowling with when you have access to an athletic trainer, you have access to a strength trainer, you, you, you can approach recovery and sports medicine on the side as well as developing uh, sports-specific strategies for lifting that make you better through the, with the strength coach. That's very much like you see with the higher-level programs like Malaysia who have access to ongoing training. They're at the sports institute, so they have the sports psychologist, the nutritionist, the conditioning coaches, and the strength coaches. So a lot of the places where, it, particularly in Asia, I think many of the countries there because of the Asian Games being, uh, with the Pan American Game, the two biggest events for, for the sport of bowling. So anywhere where you have gold medals and medals on the line, you're mm. going to have much more. Korea is a great example, which you yourself have mm. supported and, and many times. Yeah. Yeah. They treat it through because they're funded at the level other sports are, and in fact, many... Uh, Ministries of sports see that as some of the highest profile sport. Malaysia is a great example. People are known by their first name. It's in the newspaper all the time. So places, the Philippines, you, you see Pang when he goes mm -hmm. anywhere, people know who he is. And I think that high profile because uh, Asia had success in the FIQ in the 70s led to a lot of development and then the Asian Games bringing it on. We don't see that much, as much in the American zone, even though the Pan-American Games is as high profile as the Asian Games. But we don't mm -hmm. see the funding 
in the American zone like we do in the Asian zone. And unfortunately in Europe, unless it gets into the European games, which I hope it does, if it does, I think we have a great chance to get in the Olympics if the European games comes on board with, with making that an official mm. sport. And all of those places that have great history, Denmark, Sweden, for example, uh, we would see that transform into, we do see that in places like Denmark where all the coaches uh, are actually getting the same educational opportunities that other federation coaches and high-level coaches are able to get to. It's very interesting. I think in the United States we have a lot. Uh, it's the birthplace of, uh, of 10 pin bowling. We have a lot of knowledge and a lot of information, but on the same side we're, we're in some ways behind the, de the, the real recent development of using things like sports medicine and training it's getting better, and I like the fact that collegiate bowling is leading the way in many ways in the United States side of thing, that you leave collegiate bowling with expertise and knowledge on how to do it yourself so that you can go out and train and become more of an athlete. So, Joe, I'd like you to speak to a parent out there who has someone who's maybe, depending on the age, a, a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old. At what point should that person be kind of starting that plan, you could say, to bowl collegiately so that when they come to a program, whether it's with you or with any of the other great programs out there, they're somewhat prepared and, and they're, they're, don't, they're not hit with culture shock. And then they're also not hit even with, with some of the different uh, bowling shock, you could say, as well. I think one of the first things is, is to approach it as a student athlete because the way scholarships work at most institutions is the better you are academically the higher test score you have, the higher your GPA, there are tiers of academic money that's available for you as a student athlete. And for all of our programs that have countable monies where you have a situation where those students with higher academic performance, all of our colleagues are looking for students that have higher academic performances because it stretches our athletic budgets uh, further for athletic scholarship money. So I would say the first thing to parent is make sure from day one of your freshman year that you understand the better student you are, the more financial aid you will receive on the academic side. On the bowling side, we want everyone to go out and experience sport bowling as early as possible. Go see a USBC silver coach or gold coach and get educated early. We see pockets around the country where there are great coaching and great training facilities. These athletes have an advantage because they're exposed to higher level content and training programs earlier. And so those are the two things. And also on the third thing is start to eat healthier, start to get yourself into conditioning and strength training under the guidance of competent certified professionals. I would encourage everybody to play multiple sports because sports specialization can be harmful. Uh, also coaches, my colleagues and I, when we talk, we like to see people who are more team oriented and have the understanding of it's not all about you, it's about the team. Because in essence, collegiate bowling comes down to team bowling, Baker format. So the more somebody can become acquainted with what it requires to be not about oneself, but more about the team as an overhaul, overall, they'll have a better experience at the collegiate level 
uh, wherever they decide to go. Yeah, some good stuff there, Joe. Hey, final question uh, that I've got for you regarding uh, recruiting. You know, where do you recruit? How do you recruit? And if somebody is interested in LMU and they want to learn more about it and want to get, uh, you know, kind of get their their name and their game in front of you because they think they're uh, they think they'd be a good team member for your program. How do, how do they do that? And then how do you how do you uh, do your recruiting for the for the program? Most, most collegiate programs, in particular the NCAA coaches, will go to Junior Gold. Uh, we're all looking at talent, uh, future talent, current talent uh, to look at. One of the things with NCAA is it's very, very important that people understand that our, our, we can't talk to every player until they're a certain level. For example, Division three coaches can start to talk to players on the last day of their uh, sophomore year. So the di- when they end their sophomore year, they can start to talk with a Division three coach. Division two coaches can start to talk to uh, prospective recruits on June 15. And then finally, it's September 1 on the NCAA Division one side. So it's very important to understand that coaches are looking always. We're always looking and evaluating even if we can't come up and communicate with people and their parents until they're able to do so. So that's one of the things that we're looking for. We look at YouTube videos when people post it. Very important is sometimes parents and bowlers communicate with NCAA coaches. They're not able to necessarily even reply back to them. So to keep that in mind for all of them, for myself and my coaching mm-hmm. call. That's important, yeah. All right, Joe, and my, my uh, last question is, is LMU, you guys are just added to the Storm team when it comes to collegiate programs. Talk about that relationship with you guys and, and how the teams reacted when you broke that news to them. Well, they were certainly very excited uh, any time that we, as we evolve and become better as a program, having support from a bowling ball manufacturer is very, very important. Uh, it helps stretch our budget and it helps get new equipment and high-performing equipment into our hands, and everybody was very, very excited about that. Uh, all of, you know, we we're, we have big aspirations, and uh, that relationship is going to help us be more competitive throughout the whole collegiate season and beyond. Awesome. Well, gr- well great stuff, Joe, and uh, want to wish you the best of luck this season. Uh, we'll look forward to having you on again, maybe later in the season, kind of see how things pan out for your team, and I want to wish you the best of luck. I appreciate it very much. It was great talking with you.